This is Stuff Should Know. Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of Stuff OSU Should Know. My name's Emma. And I'm Chloe. And today we will be giving you guys a little information about something called the Second Moral Act, which you may not have heard of before. But before we get to all of that, let's start off with a basic vocab lesson. What is desegregation? According to Wikipedia, it's the process of ending the separation of two groups, usually referring to races. So pretty simple, right? So what do you guys think? Is OSU a desegregated school? Alright, let's back up for a minute. Many of us know that Oklahoma State was funded with the help of the Morrill Act, which donated public lands to the several states and territories that had colleges that benefited agriculture and mechanic arts. But did any of you know that this was shortly followed by the Second Moral Act? This Second Act decided that this land would only be given to schools that had facilities for both white and African American students. But it seems that OSU wasn't quite ready for that change. Instead of integrating the school system and allowing all races, Oklahoma State came up with a different solution to create another school strictly for African American students. And that's where Langston University came along. The school was created as a quick-fix solution to OSU's problem and seemed to be the perfect solution, if you consider promoting segregation as a true solution. To this day, Langston University remains a primarily African-American school because of this decision. Hi everyone, I'm here with Arissa Baxter from the Office of Multicultural Affairs at OSU. We're just going to ask some questions and get to know each other today. So, would you say that OSU is pretty diverse compared to other campuses? Um, yes, absolutely, I believe so. I mean, of course, we are a, a PWI, which is um, the term for a primarily white institution. Mm -hmm. So, um, the university in general is majority white, um, but as far as diversity goes, that's not necessarily the, the yeah. um, overall um, we have a lot of different, both race, racial, ethnic minorities. Um, we have a lot of gender diversity, sexuality, LGBTQ diversity here at OSU as well. And then I believe we are the highest, um, the school that gives out, does the most um, graduates that are Native American and indigenous oh, wow. in the United okay. States. I'm fairly certain. So um, th that's a huge part of that's it here awesome. too. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about some of the maybe opportunities or special programs that are unique to OSU? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a lot that are unique here, I think, um, but we're lucky to be in the Big 12, so we do have some Big 12-specific programs that we're able to okay. bring to campus. Um, in particular, we have the Big 12 Conference on Black Student Government which is really wonderful that um, come it rotates around the Big 12, so we get that one um, every, well, I guess, 12 years. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we also have the Big 12 LGBTQIA and Ally Summit that I'm a part of working on um, that is going to be at Texas Tech this next year. Um, and then we've got a whole bunch of different resources for student. What kind of programs are you interested in hearing about? Um, just really any... We're, uh, my program is, that I'm talking about is mostly about um, racial diversity. Okay, And so great. I was just kind of wondering about, um, so something we were specifically talking about is the Second Moral Act. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm. So the Second Moral Act, um, so you know OSU was founded because of the first Moral Act where we were given money as a right. land grant institution. Land well, there was a Second Moral Act during the Civil Rights Movement okay. that said we will only give you this money if you're open to 
white and black students. Okay. Well, OSU decided not to do that, and they created Langston University and sent all the African-American students there. Gotcha. And so um, what we're trying to talk about is um, just kind of that relationship, um, how that is the history, and a lot of students don't really know that history. Right, yeah. Um, and so do you know anything about kind of the relation between OSU and Langston University? We have a good working relationship. Um, so I am actually doing presentations for OSU, for, for Langston um, in the spring. So they we kind of... Because it's a smaller university, mm -hmm. they have a little bit less resources on campus, yeah. so we share a lot of those resources. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, I run the um, sexual assault hotline um, for OSU. It's also the hotline for, okay. for Langston. So Langston individuals can call the hotline, and we can go to the university and assist them. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of resource yeah. sharing that we do um, just because we have the benefits of being a bigger university, yeah. right? So, um, like, they don't have necessarily an LGBTQ programs mm -hmm. office, and so we are, the, I'm going in to assist them in running those programs since they don't have someone with my position. So we do a lot of that kind of resource sharing okay. between the two. So since that university, um, a lot of their programs are kind of underfunded. Right. Um, so I was involved in FFA and 4-H, and Oklahoma is the only state that has two programs, one through OSU and one through Langston. The one through Langston is really underfunded mm. and they're not able. So do you think there's um, any fault on OSU for um, deciding not to integrate, creating a school that is to this day primarily African American and uh, primarily underfunded? Do you think there's any fault there with OSU? I think it's hard to say. Um, you know, I don't know what the, the decision-making process mm -hmm. was for those decisions to be made. Yeah. Um, we certainly don't want... Um, the community to be under-supported yeah. um, and the black community in Oklahoma to be under-supported because of these decisions that have been made um, in the past by, by OSU individuals. Um, so I'm not... I can't say necessarily if one way or the other OSU is at fault, um, but I do think that it's unfortunate that we're in this situation yeah. now where Langston simply does not have as many resources and finances as it should um, and is not getting the support that's needed to grow. Yeah. Do you think it's important that our students and Langston students know about the history, know about um, kind of everything that went on in that situation? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that um, if if students have that knowledge, then they can use that knowledge for change and for that positive Definitely. change and finding agree. ways to strengthen the relationship between OSU and Langston, but also make sure that the resources we're having, we're able to share and we can support Langston in growing its yeah. own university. Cause I really do think that there is a value of having HBCUs, mm -hmm. um, um, or historically black colleges mm -hmm. and universities. So I, I think that there's a huge value in having that. There are people who really get a lot out of being able to have yeah. this cultural space that is predominantly yeah. black. Right. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to take that away. You don't want to take yeah. away their ability to have that space. But at the same time, if there's not the support there, if there's not growth that's productive, yes. we want to do what we can to help yeah, with that course. process. So what are some ways that, um, that you or this office uh, shares new information with students? What are some ways that maybe you would suggest that other people are able to share news like this? Information like this. Um, you mean information like the, the history here? Yeah. So yeah. what are some things that 
um, when you guys have a new program or you guys have some kind of information, how do you share that with your students or your target audience? Um, usually we, I mean, of course, social media, I think, especially with yeah. the, with the age of students right now, social media is the easiest way to disseminate information. Yeah, so definitely. things like Facebook, you know, Twitter, you know, all of those, Instagram, all of those different avenues. But also, um, we we like to try and encourage people to table, especially if they have events. We do chalking. Um, we do all of the orientation, student orientation sessions for incoming students and things like that with resources as far as our office is concerned. But any and all ways we can find. I've gone into classrooms and talked about programs and things like that, always trying new things to find what is the best way to reach the community that we serve. Um, We also can get from the university um, information that will give us emails of students who I self-identified with particular um, racial ethnic groups. So target audience. Exactly. And so we can send sort of like mass emails. Mm -hmm. Like I've sent emails to like thousands of people before, but sometimes that's not super helpful because students get a million emails a day. If they haven't met you personally, if they don't know why you're sending you you, them an email, they might not read it. So sometimes that doesn't really work. So it's always kind of finding new ways to, to disseminate that information. We've got a billboard out in the hall. Um, sometimes we put ads up on the, the union TVs that cycle. So there's a million different ways, but those are the, some of the ones we try. We also have, I know at least our LGBTQ community and our African-American community both have group me's um, that are large. Like the LGBTQ one, I think, is about 100 people. The black community one's bigger, Mm -hmm. um, probably 200 maybe. So those sometimes have plus and minuses because it can be chaotic. Like I'm in it, but I keep it muted because they're constantly going back and forth. Um, but those sometimes I think are really useful to get information out and just like mass blast. So we'll all like put a calendar event on the group me. And so everybody gets notified that there's a new event and they can attend it if they want. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I don't think that's all. I I think that's all I have today, but thank you so much for talking to me. I really, really appreciate just getting some information, getting some opinion. So now that you have the facts, what do you think? Is Oklahoma State really a desegregated school? Do you have a different answer than you did before this episode? We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you feel a little more informed about the stuff OSU should know.